This podcast is a Podcast Radio original. This is Podcast Radio. I'm Mark Pendergast. And Will Meller has been omnipresent on British TV screens since he was 11 years of age. He's now 46. He's one of the few that's been in Coronation Street and EastEnders. And as well as acting, he's branched out into TV presenting and, of course, Strictly Come Dancing. If you're that famous, you've got to be on Strictly. And just before we did this interview, a news story came out about how he'd had his identity stolen. And just before we started this interview, a story came out about how he'd had his identity stolen and the people stealing his identity had racked up thousands of pounds worth of debt. So we had to discuss that. So I started off by asking him, it's one thing being famous, but it's another when people are using your name. Well, it's not. You know what it is? You just feel a bit like... How dare they? You know what I mean? I mean, I, I caught someone going through my mail. You know what I mean? That's how bad it got for me. They had, had, my neighbour said they had seen someone hanging around my letterbox, which is at the bottom of my drive, so it's not like they were they were that close to my door that I'd have caught them. So, and I put a CCTV camera up, and, and there he was. I caught him on camera. He was literally taking mail out of my, my letterbox. And I just thought, how dare you? I could have been walking out the house and caught you. I wish he had done, to be honest. But when in the end, when I, I found him and... I tried to confront him. He, he got off in his car and then I found out, yeah, he'd opened three different accounts in my name and he was intercepting the mail. So he was following the postman and intercepting the mail. So I wouldn't see these bank accounts or these statements because I would have gone, that's not mine. And then obviously when I found out, I realised he'd had a lot of money being laundering through accounts in my name that he'd opened. So yeah, it's it's scary yeah. and they're brazen. You know what I mean? They, they, I mean, this is broad daylight, and he's got his hands in my letterbox. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're out there, man. And uh, nationwide have done this research to try and help people protect themselves against identity theft. I mean, that must be a hell of a thing because once it's done, to unwind that and to untangle all like yourself and you to prove it's not you doing these things, that must have been an absolute nightmare. Well, man, it's, it's harder to close an account than it is to open them. I mean, have you ever tried? It's just a nightmare. I had to, I went in there with. Proof of identity, I made my driving license, passport, proof of address. And they said, oh, it's not enough. And I went, do you mean it's not enough? I'm stood here in front of you. I've got everything you need, yet it's not enough. I said, it's a shame you weren't this, you know, strict when it came to him opening the accounts. He's got, because, but online accounts, you can open dead easy. But to close an account, you've got to go into the bank. So it's, it's just really tough. And I was lucky in a way that he didn't run up loads of credit because if, they could have had credit cards and just maxed them out and then just done a runner. And I'd have had to then deal with that. And my credit score would have gone down and all that. So, yeah, it, it just shows you, you know, I'm just one victim and there's loads of them be out there. I just wanted to try and bring awareness to the fact that they're out there and there's so many ways. Just protect yourself. And there's loads of different ways you can help yourself that we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something there that you've, well, the, the highlighting, the fact they went through your post to, to get things and take ID and everything else like that. You, you sort of imagine it, don't you, that people are hacking you online, but there's, there's a million and one different ways that people can take identity, isn't there? Well, online, they're saying 70% of people share personal details on social media profiles, and 22% of profiles can be viewed by anybody. So just be careful what you're doing online. I mean, the thing is with me, obviously, he got my identity, but he was intercepting the mail, so I wouldn't catch him. So I wouldn't see the bank accounts because he'd have to. He was getting all these statements delivered to my address, so he had to intercept them. So, however, he got my identity. I don't know, but he was using my mailbox, obviously, to have his mail delivered. So that's what I'm saying. They're brazen, and to do it in the broad daylight like that. But as I say, from now on, well, from that point on, I was, I've got, I've got a lot more 
protective over what I do with my personal details. I check my bank accounts every day. I've got it on my phone. So I see any transactions coming in and out to make sure there's nothing strange. You know what it's like? You're always putting out fires. You get these letters, you get these messages on your phone, don't you? Saying, oh, you're, we've had a problem trying to contact you. Can you contact us on this number or can you log into your account? You know, they're all scams. And all it takes is you to just press on that button and they're in. It's just, I'm just trying to keep people aware of what's going on. Yeah, there's a million and one different ways. You mentioned social media can be even be as simple as something. You might have something pinned up on the wall behind you when you have a photo taken. It gives away more details about yourself. You always think three or four steps ahead and that I'm not giving anything away realistically on social media or anywhere else and people can't hack into my phone. People can't even like you. Even your cards can be skimmed and things like that as people walk past you. It's always useful to have a, a wallet that it gives you a... a if you like, a, what, electromagnetic stops people being able to read your cards. There's, there's a, loads of different ways that people can... I just got one of them for Christmas, them wallets. I got My wife got me one for Christmas. I needed a new wallet, and she got me one, and she said, this is one of them that stops you from doing the contactless on your phone. And I was like, well, I mean, on your, on your, from your wallet. And, and it just shows you that all they have to do is stand next to you now to take your money. I mean, it's, the thing is, technology is making it easier for them. That's the thing. I mean, I don't know why they up the money for contactless from 50 quid to 100 quid. It just means that they can take more money. If someone takes your card now, they used to have to have a chip and pin. Now they just have to tap it. So it's making it easier for them. So we have to be, we've got, we've got, we've got to protect ourselves more. Yeah, I think it's good that you've been on here. Obviously, you've had it happen to you. So you, you automatically become more cautious. But I think prevention is always better than cure, isn't it? 100% mate and just don't think what happened to me or you know even every time you go in and use your card in, a, in, a, in any way just don't let anybody walk off with your card I know it sounds obvious but if you just go I've just got to check some you know there was them machines that you used to have do you know the machines where they used to do that thing where they'd run a, a code over your they'd run like a it was like a metal thing over your card and you take an imprint of your card you used yeah. to do that on train well they've banned them now don't ever let anyone use them because they've got an imprint of your bank card and, and people use them still and honestly, I've seen it. And, and obviously now they're getting rid of cash even more, so you can't even use cash, which is making it easier for criminals. I just think, you know, all I wanted to do today was just draw awareness and tell people to go to nationwide.co.uk and then search up identity theft and just see how you can maybe protect yourself even more. I mean, your identity, you've been omnipresent. I'm looking at your career here. Back to Children's Ward in 1990, which I watched and everybody watched. You've done the Holy Trinity, by the way. I'm not, I'm not sure you're the only person to do this. Coronation Street, EastEnders and Hollyoaks, the three main soaps. We won't include... We won't include <laughs> I'm Doc. Well, that's, that's gone, but we'll have that one as well. <laughs> no, now, but I did it. But it, it, it's, it's something you've just been around forever and so famous... From a, a very young age, how was how was that been for you? And what was you like? You just seem to appear in these TV shows that are either omnipresent or successful, or everybody loves. I've been very fortunate. I was a kid with a dream. Honestly, that's all I can tell you. I was as, as well, far back as I can remember. It's all I've wanted to do. I came from a council estate. Very proud of that. And nobody did that what I wanted to do. And it seemed to be the general consensus that you can't do that. And I was, and I it never deterred me. I just. I was like, well, I am going to do that. And I got in it. I went down to an open day at an agency and got in when I was about 11. And then I got my first TV job at 12. And then I just ran with it and just kept trying to learn and keep going and trying to keep my feet indoors. And, you know, and I got on and that was it. And yeah, I've been lucky enough to do things like Line of Duty and Broadchurch. And I've done a couple of movies and I've done dramas and soaps and comedies and Two Pints of Lager. And everything that I've done, I've, I've learned from. And I'm very grateful for everything. But, you know, I'm, I, 
I don't look backwards. I look forwards and I just think, right, what's next? That's how my brain works. And I just want to keep going and see what else I can achieve. And I want to grab life and make the most of every bit I've got. I mean, these shows are love, though. And, you know, things like EastEnders, obviously, Coronation Street, Hollyoaks. But two pints of lager, a packet of crisps, that lasted 10, what, 10 years. And it was yeah. hugely popular. That must have made you hugely famous as well. How much of that is you, though? Do you think your your character, your likability is important when you appear in TV shows? Is that a thing that you you shines for you? Yeah, it's massively important. I mean, every, I think any actor will tell you there's always a bit of you in every character you play. There's always a little bit of you. Yeah, there has to be, and you just apply that and then and then bring the other character out through it. So you you draw on your own experiences and your timing. You learn all that. You know your timing, your acting timing, with comedy and drama. And comedy is actually a very good lesson to learn drama because any way of delivering a line is all about timing. And you learn timing from comedy. So everything I've done, I'm learning from. And I watch myself back, and I always try and critique myself and see how I can improve on what I'm doing. But it's not just acting as well. I quite enjoy being myself. So I've got a few things coming out where I'm hosting and presenting. And I, I, I don't ever want to be just one thing. I like to try and try and test myself and, and see what else I can do. So as I say, I'm very, very lucky. But as I say, I, I keep trying to move forward. And I'm very fortunate of the career I've had. But as I say, I, I'm not stopping yet. Trust me, I keep going. So is, is strict, being on Strictly, has that made you think well, more about it needs to just be me rather than me playing a character? Is that why you're looking at presenting and things like that? No, it's just because it's just the way it is. And, and acting is one door, you know, and the roles aren't always there. And, you know, I'm not always fitting the demographic and I like to be busy. I can't sit and wait six months for things. I need, I'm the kind of person that needs to be on the move and doing things. So, yes, I'll, I will still be acting if the right roles come up and I want to play them. That's great. But I'm not just going to sit and wait. I'd rather see what else I can do. And I've done presenting, I've done hosting, I've, I've done shows before and I've done musical theatre before. I've done lots of different things that I just want to make sure that the doors are always open to do other things. And that's where the interest lies for me. I get You get one life and you've got to live it. And I, I want to grab everything I've got. And I want to just look back and say, I did everything I could. I didn't turn turn away from anything. And Strictly was just something that I was always a bit afraid of doing because I thought... It, how would people see me and would it be a bad move for my career? But really, you've got to step out of your comfort zone. And when I lost my dad, I realised that life's for living. You don't know how long you've got. You've got to go out and grab it. Don't let life pass you by. Say yes to more things. And that's what I did with Strictly and that's what I'm going to continue to do. Is that something from being, you know, you mentioned you from a council house and that is, and again, I, I've got this kind of mentality. If someone offers you something, you just go, yeah, because it's there. You've, you've got to do it. And is that hunger? Is that is that really important for you? It is, but I don't just say yes willy-nilly. To, I have a think about what I'm going to do. I, even strictly, I spoke to my family about. I, my kids had to be up for it, and my my you know my my family. I wanted to make sure it wasn't you know my kids weren't going to be mortified. My daughter going to school and everyone having a go at her because her dad's on strictly in Spanglies. I, I had to make sure she was all right with that. So no, I, I make the decisions on is it a right thing to do. But at the same time, I open myself up to doing more things and. Yeah, why not? Challenge yourself a little bit. That's what life's about. Don't sit in the easy lane all your life. You know what I mean? That's too easy. Got to go and test yourself. You can always do more than you think you can. What is it next for you then? What would you, if you could map out this year exactly what you'd like to do, what would be your mixture? Well, I've got a book. I'm doing a book. It's about time that I do my autobiography. I'm 46 now and I've, I've had a life. I've, I've won and I've lost. And I think when you've done that, you've got a story to... I don't want to 
I want to encourage people as well to 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 follow your dreams and, and if there's something inside you that you really are born to do or you believe that's what you're here to do, go and do it or go and find a way that, to make that happen because that, I think that's when you really t- truly find happiness and I want to encourage that and hopefully my story tells that story as well as the ups and downs and the wins and losses. Also, I've got a series coming out called Cops Who Kill, which I present about police who kill people. We do Wayne Cousins and Sarah Everard and I go and talk to psychologists and we see interviews with Wayne Cousins and and could he have been prevented? And was there red flags? You know, should he have been stopped before he made the crime? And this, with these eight one-hour episodes of them where different police have killed different people and tried to get away with it. Very different for me, but really I'm the voice of the people and trying to ask the questions. That comes out on March the 6th. And I've got a, a show where I went to Albania with Keith Lemon called World's Most Dangerous Roads, which was hilarious and yeah, great time. So there's loads happening this year. Thanks very much for speaking to us, Will, and we wish you luck with what is a very busy year. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having me on. Will Meller, speaking on Podcast Radio. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.